Boom, boom, ba da 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 What? 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 One, two, three, four. What is up, everybody? Episode 106 and Park of the Sims. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, yeah, BET 106 and Park. Yeah. That was like my wheelhouse. It was probably the most popular in its history when I was like in middle school, early high school years. It was amazing. Yeah. Does that- anybody else smell victory in the room? What are you talking about? It's no. a big night for the Sims and Left Go podcast. Oh, I'm I thought you were talking about Maryland losing in the tournament. Oh. Shut the fuck up, Sims. When they were down with like 10 minutes left, I just I was going to text him like, yo, your team sucks. But I just sent him like the eye emoji. Right. Um, did I, you text him? I know, but I, I honestly, I look at them on the TV and I just go, oh, I hope they're losing because of Fendrick. <laughs> I hope they're losing. What That's all I, I do. What have I done to And then I also that? go, I go, oh, you freaking lose their Maryland in the Big Ten. Like, you're such a not a Big Ten school. Go back to the ACC. You're on the Atlantic coast, you dumb school, you. Get out of the Big Ten. I mean, no. Why don't you tell everybody what you're talking about in terms of what's going on tonight, Fendrick? <laughs> tonight is a huge night for the Simpson Left Go podcast. <laughs> uh, I could use the words like momentous, uh, transcendent. Ooh. Uh, we have, are a finalist for the Digiday Publisher Awards. We're a finalist in the best use of a podcast category. And tonight is the night where we find out where the Sims and Left Go podcast stacks up with the rest of the podcast world. Who else are we up against? I have no idea. <laughs> Neither do I. What if, we walk in, what if we walk in tonight and like Bill Simmons is there? It's not going to happen. Well, regardless, we should be proud of it. Just because, look at Sims, positive, positive guy. I know Bleacher Report has not exactly pubbed our podcast either. We've done this all by ourselves for the most part. One hundred and six episodes, and finally we're up for an award. One hundred six, and there's a lot more. And there's a lot more. We got bonus episodes coming out. We had the weekly recaps during football season. I I want to give a special shout out to all the listeners that we've had through the whole time. I know we're we're getting a ton. Like we had a ton on Monday, which was great. Uh, Of course, we always talk about the Seahawks scouts and the Bajans, but But there's a lot of people out there. Edwards, uh, Peter E. Yeah, I f- Peter I E. Who hits me up on Twitter all the time? The loyalists, we appreciate you, and everyone else who's been listening. You guys are awesome. Um, Do you think we're, we're going to win? Uh, I hope so. W- what's upsetting is I looked at the invitation, and like I'm not going to lie, like I was walking down the street the <laughs> other day, and I was like thinking about what I would say, right? Like I would like how I would talk about no Sims acceptance and, speech, and it was like it was like acceptance speech is not necessary, and my thought. That doesn't mean we don't have when to we do listen one. to necessary. Yeah, should necessary. okay. So here's the thing. I was going to get all emotional. Here's the thing. There's an <laughs> there's an hour of cocktails before the award ceremony even starts. And I'd like to get some cocktails before the hour of cocktails. 100. percent And there's going to be a host with a microphone. And he's a comedian. So, so if we win, do we just go up to the host and just demand the microphone? Oh, I think the worst case we scenario. Take over the stage. Yeah. The worst case scenario is. Our, our category is first, and we have no precedence to see what people Other are people doing. Do. Oh, well, then we should. That's even better, though. There's no rules. There's no limits. There's no limitations. We set precedence. So right there's there. a few things that I'm excited about beyond the award show. One, I'm excited that Sims is actually going out Huge. in the city on a Thursday. Huge addition. <laughs> Sims has broken plans so many times. And the, the fact that he's going to the Digiday Awards is incredible. Two, I'm excited that we're going with the Malamut brothers, Excellent. creators of Game of Zones. Uh, Craig Malamut reportedly, I have sources, no, he told me he had to Google what business casual was yesterday to know. And the other brother, Adam Malamut, I love them both. He's wearing a Sixers t-shirt, and I told yeah. him he should just wear he's that He's going to Banana Republic to buy clothes for tonight. So that's the so they're going to be so out of their element, too. I just told him in the kitchen that if he goes to Banana Republic and the clothing is on sale for full price, that he should demand a discount or walk out. Because like Banana that. Republic, 40% off or bust. Always. Does always. business casual always mean a coat? You uh, guys are both wearing coats. Yeah, we're going to wear coats just because I want to look classy AF, as right. the kids yeah. are saying. And but maybe there's like my future wife is there. Like, classy I don't know. AF? Oh, Sims. You're so old. AF. God. You know what that means? No. Why would I know that? that so means? if I said, man, I look classy AF. Oh, what would you as fuck. There you go. There you okay. go, Sims. I got you. Now you got it. Right. Just and say you as can fuck. substitute that for lit as, as well. You can yeah. say like I'm lit. And yeah. Yeah, it's like the same thing. The other thing is, is I'm not going to lie. There are times where I get very nervous when Sims is speaking loudly in a public place. If we have a new employee, if there's important people, I trust him because I think Sims is an intelligent person. But with a microphone in front of a whole lot of people, 
I would just, I would marvel at it, and I would just. Be I know done. I only do like a four-hour radio show every now and then with and, a microphone. And don't they in, have to like in New York City? It's like but the not after, one. but not after an hour or two of tequila. Oh, you don't know what I do before and, these radio and shows. <laughs> yes. I was always, I was always amazed by the guys in football who could actually smoke weed and go out and practice, yes. or let alone go out and play a real game. I, I'll I was tell always you, like, damn. I took your information about that when I interviewed Keyshawn Johnson. Yes, and I was like, Keyshawn, like I look when I do those interviews with athletes. It's an event. I'm drinking. And yeah. it leads to me halfway through being like, I know I have all this prep. Let me ask the real shit. Right. And I looked at him and I was like, I was like, now, Keyshawn, I, I do know that there were guys on your teams that smoked uh, before practices, before games. What percentage of the NFL? And he went, 80. And the place was like, oh, shit. Like, are you kidding? And Keyshawn's like, yeah, man. And we've talked about it. Well, I mean, it, it, to me, well, it's actually actually kind of a funny subject right now because our, our president-elect, you know, he thinks it's like, and, and Jeff Sessions, they think it's current his, president. Uh, yeah, right. Our pr- whatever, whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, his wish, wishful thinking. But him and what? Who? Jeff Sessions. I mean, they compared it to heroin the other day. I want to be like, oh, are of course, you yeah. effing kidding me that though? Like, come on. I mean, that's what drives me crazy about the conversation as well. I'm not condoning like young kids and people go around being stoned all day smoking weed. But as long as alcohol is totally legal, the 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 conversation of Marijuana not being legal is stupid. It's just stupid. Alcohol yeah. is poison. It is literally, look up the dictionary. It is poison. People die not only from car accidents, but it's the number one cause in heart disease. All the there's health a, there's issues. There's an amazing video that so my are we gonna dad... Win tonight? Are we winning? No. Dude. There's no way we're winning. Wow. Right. I think we're winning. Yeah, I think I you're, you're winning. wrong. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. If we don't that. win, do we just walk out of the Digiday Awards? Right? The it's the first there. event. Peace out, bitches. Where is that? The Diamond Tour Shoe? <laughs> it's yeah. at a place that sounds like an elaborate strip club. <laughs> like, it got a place where I'd be like, I need some cologne it's to a, hide it's this It's in, must. like, Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go. Well, if go. we want to head down to the Chelsea area afterwards, we can relax. We can go down there. Yeah. Uh, but I want to get to some Twitter questions. Okay. But also, apparently, something amazing happened last night, and I'd like to get Sims's reaction to Fendrick's reaction. Oh, wow. Unprecedented, transcendent, I've used that word twice so far this podcast, episode of Survivor on CBS, <laughs> season so, 34. So Fendrick has literally watched every episode. Not every season. Not every episode. Okay. I took a couple seasons off during college. I don't want to take credit for watching He's all obsessed. 34 seasons. I checked out at Survivor. Yeah. I checked out. It's insane. I, I just, I just want to watch Fendrick do a quick pitch and see if you're interested Naked Survivor's better. I mean, why would you watch that? I, I, naked I, and Afraid? Yeah, whatever it is. When I watch them naked in the woods, I'd rather, much rather watch that than Survivor. Quick recap and just spoiler alert for all the listeners who may be watching Survivor and <laughs> haven't seen last night's episode yet. What do you think the Venn diagram is of Sims and Lefko podcast listeners and Survivor viewers? Uh, if we have any people listening to this podcast that also watch Survivor, please tweet and let me know, and maybe we can do a separate Survivor podcast. But Fendrick's basically, Sims, passion towards Survivor is only matched for Shut up and let him finish this damn Rutgers stupid basketball. Survivor thought. Three, three tribes right now nor on a normal episode only one goes to tribal council the other two have immunity they don't have to vote someone <laughs> out last night immunity challenge both losing tribes have to go to tribal council but as two tribes they had to combine in one and only <laughs> vote out one person so what ended up happening was you had two tribes independent of each other that couldn't talk before the tribal council uh. go and then at Tribal Council, people started exchanging information between the two tribes. Right. And it ended up working out that one of the tribes played in a hidden immunity idol to Whoa. save one of their own. Whoa. And as a result, they were able to cancel out all of the votes that came for that person and then vote out someone from the other tribe. Wow. That is... It, I was, mean, it was awesome. You lost me at Tribal Council. Why you were in it for that long? No, I okay. wasn't. I just that sounds. I like wish a good Colin phrase. Kaepernick had an immunity idol. Uh, that would be helpful. It'd be a lot be easier helpful. to navigate through this process. <laughs> it's a, it, we talked about it all Monday, yes. but the uh, man, the impact of him, and just I, I it, it's interesting how people they they put so much stock into it and they don't realize that like. The backup quarterback position is always fucked with. Well, it's fucked. It's fucked with. You're right about that. I think the other thing, though, that's worth, I mean, talking about. Uh, it's interesting that he continues to like donate to charities and he continues to do these amazing things, which is taking away like 
Like they're trying to balance out. There's the, no the way he gets signed by a team. There's no way. I don't I even know. believe. Listen, I know John Lynch, I and mean, he said he had heard. You might, have, if you're out there, to look at. He made a comment late last week that he had heard a team offered Kaepernick a good contract, and somehow it fell through. I don't believe it. If you told me the NFL sent out a memo to all 32 teams saying, you know. Uh, please don't make any references to Colin Kaepernick and his political stance and avoid that conversation and let's make it act like we're all evaluating him for football and that's it. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they sent that memo out. There's no way he gets signed by one of these teams. There's no way. Out of the 32 owners, I would guess all How about the fact that President Trump took credit and then on Mike and Mike today, Goodell said that's a comment that he's going to make and that's fine. Right. So like, teams are afraid of being trolled by Trump on Twitter because yep. a team that signs Kaepernick, they're going to hear it from Trump. So that's going to make it worse for Kaepernick. My big thing is this, and listeners out there, if you want to send in some quotes and things to tell me to shut the hell up, go ahead. I don't give a damn. My big thing would be this. This is a guy that made his campaign promise on America's not that great. We're going to make it great again. Mm. Okay, There's pro- we lose. We don't do good deals. We lose everything right now. Everybody's going to win cheated. so much, you're going to get tired of winning. We're losing money. But then the black quarterback comes out and says, ha, the country's not that great. Uh, F you, black quarterback. Get the hell out of our country then. Not okay for him to say it. I know his approach was not correct. So I get that. It would not have been my approach either. But uh, I just think for the president to even comment that on that, and a lot of the things he comments yeah. on are stupid. But, uh, yeah, I just think it's out of his league and – uh, I do feel bad for Colin Kaepernick, I really but I bad. do think he had to realize what his consequences were and the people he was I'm dealing ex- with. I, in the you know NFL. what I want to see? I want to see a brand support Colin Kaepernick. That's we, we. I just saw Nike do a whole campaign about like outside the lines and how like we need equality everywhere, and we got a guy like Colin Kaepernick because the reason teams are afraid of Kaepernick is they're afraid of losing money. It's a business decision. A lot of Republican fans, right? But if a brand can align with Kaepernick, and then you can see that money can still come to this guy. I don't even want to say Republican fans. I should say Donald Trump fans. Really. Yeah. Twitter place. question that we got, Alastair H. at Hemmingson21. Worst case scenario, you need a quarterback. Who do you take, Cutler or Kaepernick? Oh, I don't think anybody's even going to think twice about that because Kaepernick's not even in that thought of most teams. There's no way. Uh, Cutler will be the guy. I, you know, I think as we go You along, still have hope for Cutler. I do. I You're mean, also someone that likes a more traditional offense, and there are certain teams that Kaepernick works with. We said it on Monday's right. show. Buffalo, Carolina, Seattle. Definitely. There's more teams that could use a pocket passer. Right. I mean, really, another guy, another team that he would really fit on, like, like actually skill set-wise... It's the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. He would fit perfectly with Kyle Shanahan's offense, but that just shows you. Have you talked to they, Kyle about that? I have not. I haven't even talked to Kyle in a while, and that's since like recently. He's a little busy. He is, he's extremely busy. We swapped some uh, voicemails and things like that. But How does he sound on his voicemails? Uh, he's stressed. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, regardless. Um, I would be. There's just, I just think there's no way Colin Kaepernick gets signed. I don't think it. I think his career is over, and he's going to have to start thinking of other avenues of, uh, of professional success. Yeah, I still believe that Carolina's the best place because I think it has sense. I think it has the strongest starting quarterback that can handle all of that. Yes, I get it. What do you? What other tw- Twitter questions you got for yeah, us? Yeah, we got a uh, we got a bunch of good ones this week. Uh, Spencer Sullivan, who I think this is his first time sending a question hey, in. At, first time, long Spence? time. At SpenceFence21, good Twitter handle. How close are the Lions to being a Super Bowl contender? How many pieces away? Well, I know I, you guys are I, big fans of the I'm Lions. Big right fans now. of the Lions. Yeah, I, I don't think they're actually too far away. I think if we really look out of it, they need to get another running back on the roster. I think realistically, another or a running back. No, I think Amir Abdullah is really, I'm not, uh, but I'm really not good. Putting any chips. I mean, he's been hurt for one year. Is, it, is that not allowed? I mean, he's been hurt twice. He played one game in each season. No, he didn't. He played he got more hurt. than one game his rookie year. Look it up. He got I hurt, got and then he came back Abdullah? maybe at the end of the year, and then he yeah. played a few. I thought he played at least like 10 the first year. Standby Ghost Rider. I'm but pretty sure he played like five. Um, okay, but if that's the case, then yeah, they probably need to fan. 2015, I, he played in 16 games. No, he did not. He says, and he started, game. And he started I don't know nine. what you're thinking about. 2016, he played in two. Yeah. He, the first year he played the whole year. Really? Yeah. All right. He might have been nicked up. He and had he was 600, with 600 yards rushing right. his rookie year. They just need another guy to compliment him. Yes. Other than he's not a primary. The Washington guy or you know anybody else along if those lines. If you got a legitimate back with 
Amir Abdullah and Theo, and you start using Theo at his real position, which is wide receiver, yep. you could have an interesting little core there. I think the other thing, too, with the Lions, with offensive if we're line. going to go there, yeah, the offensive line's great. Listen, their defensive line, I think, is probably one area you could look at and go, they could use a little something else there. They need yes. another legit pass rusher on the yes. edge or a disruptor on the inside, regardless. They got a lot of good key essentials, got some size. Ons are really good, but that would be the two things I would look at, uh, at the most. At least. That was the worst playoff game ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I lost my phone. I lost money on the Lions. They had the Seahawks. Every great Se- Oh, God, yeah. shit. At Leon Backley, uh, he tweeted in and said, there's buzz about Manziel meeting Sean Payton. Yes. Wouldn't it be a great fit, except that New Orleans is a top three party town? So let's also realize that Sean Payton is a top three party coach. <laughs> and that's what's really interesting. It is very interesting. I will say this. When I heard Chase Daniel talk about working with Drew Brees, and he talked about how it changed his life to see how meticulous Drew Brees was, I am also someone that doesn't believe that Manziel has that gene. I don't think that you all of us... like, Like, when I saw that story about Ryan Leaf, and it was about, like, turning his life around, he had to hit rock bottom, and then it was, like, address it. Like, it's an addiction. Like, it's a disease. And I don't... I, I just... I don't know if Manziel's hit it, and I don't think he's ready for it. I look, I want him to, man. Like, I want him to. Like, the light clicks on and works. But like, what about Sean Payton being a party guy and Manziel? Like, well, will he Payton's be able to resonate his, with Payton, him? Yeah, I mean, Payton will have some forgiveness there. I think that's the big thing. He's understand. He's been there. I think Sean Payton's very much straightened out his life as far as those terms are concerned. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I, you know, listen, the Johnny Manziel, just football-wise, I mean, that would be, like, the most perfect spot he could go to, right? It's going to be a West Coast offense, get the ball to your hands quickly. There's the zero balls that are thrown down the taking, field. Sean yeah. basically draws him up in the dirt and goes, he's going to be open. I've worked on this all week. He'll be open. Just drop back and throw it to this spot. And he'll yeah. be. Uh, so all those make sense. To me, I think what bothers me more than anything I think more in this discussion is just why guys get second and third chances and others don't. Yeah, like why the fuck is Manziel going to chance exactly and right. and I? I mean, most co- quarterbacks, if they did this, you'd go, well, you know, he's just not. Listen, the number one thing to me, a quarterback has to be accountable all in all the time. He's shown you none of that. But yet we're going to still hold out the hope for what he could be. Not only that, the he has not had a about. good moment in the NFL. No, I he don't. doesn't have good tape. He has he has nothing good. Actions off the field, stories about college. Listen, the play in college was just definitely exciting. But as we talked about when he was coming out, and I know I said it, it was not realistic to NFL football. I mean, when he had to play the defenses in college football that had legit NFL defense alignment that were like speed, like, like the LSUs LSU, yeah. and the Floridas, he couldn't run for anything. Now, most people are out there going to go, well, what about the Alabama game? Well, tell me a good pass rusher in football right now from Alabama. Anybody? No? Crickets? Okay. So yeah. that's why he was great see, in that I, game. I'll say this. When I see people on Twitter and they're talking about, I can't believe Josh McCown got side and Kaepernick didn't, I go, see, you don't get it. The Jets are throwing the season away. They don't give a who their quarterback is, even if they suck, they're just trying to get through this season. So no distractions make sense. Yeah. But if Johnny Manziel gets fucking signed and Kaepernick doesn't, Kaepernick is so much more talented than Manziel. Yeah. He's such a better locker room guy in terms of effort, attention, discipline, that if you bring in Manziel over that, if we're talking about messages to youth, and we're going to talk about a partying, drug-using alcoholic compared to someone that decided to stand up and, because of his actions recently, giving back to a community in such a big way. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Peyton would be the kind of guy that I think actually would give Kaepernick the chance, but I think he probably realizes it's more trouble than it's worth. I think the few coaches out there that actually look at a Kaepernick yeah, who are and go, the few? I, I, I really can't even say. I know Sean Payton I think would really Pete be one Carroll? of them. Yeah, he might. You're right. And I think the atmosphere up there. Yes. You also have people like Bennett and um, I think you're Ron Rivera, like you said, Carolina too. They they were they'd be accepting of a different view. Buffalo can't. First year head coach Sean McDermott, not a good thing to. Well, not only that, yeah, just as a first, you need to be established. Marvin Lewis, somewhere where he ain't going anywhere. Right. But I would think that part of the country, being Middle America, that would be harsher backlash. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if Kaepernick can't sign on in San Francisco, right? Exactly right. Then it better be who else? I mean, Austin doesn't have a team. I mean, oh, yeah, the uh, Austin, Texas does not <laughs> have New a York. Team. New York is liberal. Uh, has does Vermont a, but, have a team? 
Yeah, but the media is too much. So Denver? Yeah, sure. Maybe. maybe. I know. I don't know what to say. LA? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Next question, yep. Calvin Collins at Calvin Collins 98 When Richard Sherman loses a step, would he not be a good safety with his intelligence and tackling skills? I think Richard Sherman would be an amazing safety. I think he would be very good as well. I, I think do. Revis would be a shit safety. And I think Sherman would be amazing. Safety. I do think he's because he has the, the body sight, the body type he does. too. He's a phenomenal tackler. He could be a Charles Woodson. Uh, he definitely could. You know, he can't play that nickel role, but he certainly could play free safety, come down in the box, play a certain amount of yeah. snaps at strong safety. And he's not a thumper, but Richard Sherman is a really good tackler. He is a phenomenal, one of the best tackling corners yes. in football. And I, I mean, think to to extend your career, being able to tackle without using your body. Is a huge thing. And really, his body type. You know, that's the thing you got to look at. What are his weaknesses right as a corner? We talk about it all the time. Guys that are that long, you know, they're not great with change of direction all the time, right? Like sticking your foot in the ground in a full back pedal, redirecting going up forward. But at safety position, man, he does have still phenomenal top-end speed. He could have great range from side to side for a long time where you don't need to necessarily rely on the explosive acceleration point quite as much he's as he also one of those guys i look at like an ed reed or a ray lewis that is going to be so ahead of the game yeah. mentally yeah. as he continues his career that man it's just going to be what we talked about on monday which was the distractions the voc the the vocal nature of richard sherman he is he is because if the you're block. if you're getting seattle upset right we just talked about it. he's one of the coaches that can handle it yeah It'll be interesting. Yeah, you're right. Two no more doubt. tweets to share with you guys. Danny Boy at Dirty Dan 003. Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan 003. <laughs> Can Sims teach us how to watch football and what to look for like he did with Lefko? Also, best Ooh. football podcast, period. Oh, Ooh, thanks, man. Thanks, we, we appreciate that. Any tips on people watching film? Wow, it's it's hard. Listen. It, watching <laughs> film or watch? He asked watching, watching a football. game. Yeah, watching yeah. a game. Yeah. Uh, it, listen, it, it's it's hard. It's not even easy for professionals in some ways. Um you know, you just have to. We'll alert. get to Mike Mayock's rankings in a bit. <laughs> you gotta learn. You gotta learn to look at certain things. I mean, even me, early in my pro career, you know, I got into my early NFL career, and I I would sit there and watch games with coaches every now and then. And I'd go, shit, I'm not watching this the same way they are on yeah. TV right now. Like, I need to up my level. Like, they're yeah. they're watching it in a different way. So I learned through years of not only my playing, my film study, being taught by John Gruden, Josh McDaniels, and then it went up to a whole other level in New England when I had to break down film for that. Yes, that's when I became, because I was under a time crunch, too, and I had to start going, damn, i got to fill out this Excel spreadsheet. It's 30 columns for one play. i got to give it one good look and be able to see, like, seven columns right away, or I'm going to be here all day long doing one film. And I needed to get through, like, three films in one day before I got to my next group of exercises. I could say from the uh, yeah, you tell. So the sensei, and then who do they teach? The grasshopper? From the grasshopper perspective, I always knew you were supposed to watch the lines. But what I, what I started to focus on when I would watch with you more is I would look at the game plan of the D-line at the snap. So the first thing that I learned is locating where people are. Yes. And trying to figure out what the defense was trying to do mm-hmm. and what the offense was trying to do. Mm-hmm. How many guys were in the box? Who was lined up? Were they playing man? Were they playing zone? Trying to get all those reads and then kind of guessing a little bit what I thought they were going to do because sure. it's more fun that way. Right. Then I would look at how many people were coming at the quarterback because that's really a huge thing is – blitz versus non-blitz, stunt versus just regular rushing. So, like, watching the defensive lineman, you can normally tell who is dominating a game by where the offensive line is two seconds after the snap. Certainly. If the offensive line, it's a complete stalemate, odds are it's going to be a good play for the offense. Right. If you have free rushers on defense – this is going to be fucking interesting. Yes. And so you could tell, like, when you watch the Super Bowl and two years ago and you're watching Michael Bennett break through every time, like, it was a joy to fucking watch. Mm-hmm. Um, then afterwards, like, in terms of watching films, so if Collins goes and watches NFL Game Pass. This was Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan, excuse me. Um, if there's a big play and everybody's blaming somebody, one thing that I learned from Sims, watch the players afterwards. Watch who they're yelling at. Like, watch who they're upset at. Because if the corner gets beat and he immediately turns and yells at the safety, rewind the fucking play and go, why did the safety? Oh, he fell for the slant underneath. Are you filled with pride listening to Young Grasshopper? I think he's all all over it. The other thing that I'll say in terms of watching film is 
realize how many fucking easy throws some quarterbacks make. Like, that's something that I think has taught me a lot is I think as someone that didn't really know what they were watching, you would look at statistics, completion percentage, yards, all that stuff. Just look at the throws they're asking a quarterback to make. And that was an interesting thing, too, is I don't get upset anymore at the Jameises and stuff that push the ball down the field because they're being asked to do crazy fucking shit. But, you know, the Alex Smiths, I don't find that impressive at all because I'm like, wow, like you went dump off, dump off. And the one play action bomb you threw was completed like. You took one I shot. Think, I think that's what a lot of, uh, you know, not, not, not even myself at times, all of us, I think that's one thing we all miss as we watch football games is sometimes what are they asking of the player yes. and it's, is it realistic? Yes. Like, you know, I don't want to hear like the announcer and the coaches getting mad when their 255-pound D tackle keeps getting run over and they run for 150 yards. I want to go, no, the coach is fucking stupid yes. for putting him there. It's not the player's fault. He put a cheetah in a position to where Rhino should be playing, yes. and he thought it would work just because he drew it up on a chalkboard that week. Yeah, it's, so it's really trying things. to figure out the coach's intent. Right. And I think if you can it, – it's really it just – you're trying to see what the game plan was. And I think the D-line, O-line is where if you're not starting your game plan there, I don't know what you're doing. Right. And then also when you watch the lines, you'll appreciate people like Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan more and Josh McDaniels because guards are flying left you and right. You see lots of different stuff. And you're right. seeing motion. And uh, you start to be able to like predict plays. And that's fun as fuck. So last tweet to share with you guys. Mark Bajan at 007 Sports. Hey. Long time uh-huh. friend of the podcast. A long time. So I will co- shout him out of the Digiday Award. So a couple days ago, Bajan tweeted wedding check, badass photo of first dance check, hashtag Bajan's forever. Then he quoted himself and then tweeted, now it's time to catch up on the Sims and Lefko pod. Yeah. And he had this picture, which I think is Bajan. Wow. Of Flipping him over his new wife. Is, I, I guess Bajan got married, so Bajan, mazel tov on your wedding. That looks like a zoot suit riot. Very impressive flip with the wife. Man, I mean, that very is, impressive. Very impressive beard as well, Bajan. Way to go, man. And I mean, then the fact well that trousers. Yes, you right. wrap up the wedding and immediately go back to the Sims and Lefko podcast. Hey. I, I can't say enough thank yous for that. Bajan, you have to, if you ever come come to New York let us know you're going to be our first like casual Guest fan host. yes of the podcast you you've won that award you're and officially you'll, you'll get to experience what it's like for me don't to talk don't even try over to you. flip me around <laughs> uh. so congrats to the Bajans. <laughs> if you can that try is to flip Lefko and see if you break your arm that's all know, i got dude. feeling kind of svelte how much do you weigh right now I haven't weighed myself. Yeah. Well, let's ask Chris Sims. What do you think? I, I am the, the hardest person I know. to guess. Well, I, well, I know. I don't get to see you with girl, your shirt I, off and I had stuff a girl like ask me the other day. She's like, what are you, 190? I, you know, I've I never like, seen you naked either, so I'm always better when I get to see somebody naked. Should um, we do a, how am I supposed to respond to that? Should or, we do or a, in your undies or tidy whities Should we do a Sims and Lefko podcast combine <laughs> where we'll go out to Central where Park? Sims just stares at us naked and uh, then guesses our weights? Yeah. I, on, I have always been the guy that goes to the state fair right. and does the guess your weight within five pounds and they're 40 pounds off every time i've never lost that yes i told you the story when my nickname was deuce in high school no oh yeah we got on the scale and we're getting ready for our basketball team because they're making programs and they want height and weight because we had tournament season so like they would send it out to all the tournaments for the programs my friend dan gets up he's six five and he comes up at 185 and like me and Dan were always together. Motherfucker was my fake ID for a long time. Shout out to Dan. And he go, there Becca, was, you're, we, cursing, you're cursing way too much. Well, you episode. cursed very early down. on. Tone so it down. I set the tone. Yeah, tone it you down. did set the tone. Um, and so we, we'd all guess how much it weighs. So they were like, oh, he'll be 185. I'm three inches less than Dan, but I'm a little bit bigger. And I get up there, and it's like they're like, it says 200. <laughs> to the point where they were like, let's unplug the scale. And let's, see it again. Let's do it again. And I get back up there, and. 200, 200 again. Right. So my nickname for a good month or two was Deuce. Right. And we played a game and I hit a three and it was like, Deuce. Yeah. You, you have the kind of body for people out there. That are like you're like you got dense fat and you have good body. <laughs> you have you have good DNA and makeup. Like you're the kind of guy that could be like legitimately if you were a weightlifter, you could be like six one, two fifty five and jacked because you have a little natural jack. Should I yourself. do that? I mean, that's up to you whether you want to feel that way or I don't, look that I, way. I, that's the thing. But I would is, say you're like around. You're probably right around my weight. I mean, which I, is what I'm always around twenty five, two twenty five to two thirty. I would say my guess would be I'm at two twenty. How yeah, much? Right how much do you think I weigh? You, I would say probably one eighty seven. One about one seventy five. One seventy five. Okay, thirteen pounds. That's a lot. 
Yeah. Just go back to the drawing board. Well, I again, I get to, he I like walks to see, around the office. If I got to see you in some work. tight clothes right. and knew a baseline yeah. at first, so now I know you're 178. Yeah. Ask me in a month, okay. I'll be all over your shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a bunch of McDonald's this month and see what happens. No, you won't. I won't. No. I would definitely yeah. not do that. I have dense, well placed fat. Yeah. That's a compliment. It's a good Eastern European. Like, I wish I had some dense it's fat. Old Czech, Lithuanian, it is. Polish, Russian. I stuff. know a, a lot. You know, you guys got good proportions that way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, let's, uh, let's get the show on the road. That's here. great. Um, all right, let's get to uh, the LeVar Ball stuff because you came in kind of fired up well, about I just that. Think so it's, let me yeah, get into it. So LeVar Ball, I actually fucking agree. I tweeted this out, and right. I went out, and I didn't pay attention to my phone, and I got, came back, and it had 700 favorites and like 400 retweets. Right. And the only thing I said was, I agree with LeVar Ball's assessment that LeBron's kids are going to face an insane amount of pressure. Right. And I also agree with LeBron for saying, don't talk about my fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, so really what happened was LeVar Ball said, um, if you look at it, there's really no superstars that have had successful kids like Michael Jordan and all that stuff. We're talking about like six people in the history of the planet, basically. So that's what I want to start the conversation with. Good. I like that. That's like six. We're talking about Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan. Like, oh, these five people in the history of five billion people haven't had kids that got on to be sports pros. So (laughs) the thought process is stupid right there. I know. And he originally threw Allen Iverson into athletic. I want to be like. No, cultural icon, sure, for Allen Iverson. Yes. Basketball icon, no championships. All we talk about is championships, and now he's an icon. No, that's wrong, too. But sorry. And, then, and then so then LeBron came back and said, keep my family out your damn mouth. Right, which he and, should. And then uh, LeVar Ball came back, and he pretty much just said, look, if somebody asks me a question, so I'm going to give an answer. I just gave an opinion. And that's where I think it all comes down to. We've created LeVar Ball. Yes. We created Everybody's stupid Donald for having Trump. him on their show all the they, time. Well, yeah, but you know what? I saw him on first take, and I stopped and I watched. And sometimes it's the car crash. He's it's unbelievably captivating. He is. I, I Not to me. I yeah. won't. I'm not going to sit there and watch four seconds of what comes out of his mouth. He lost credibility with me, right? It's like Kobe O'Brien. Like, oh, I should have paid my girls to be quiet like Shaquille O'Neal did. No, you were done at that point with me forever. Like, mm. Kobe Bryant, I don't really give a care. But what was the moment for LeVar? He could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one in his that- <laughs> Oh, you think? You, was that a little crazy? Just a little. <laughs> but my That's thing- th- th- one of the dumbest things I've heard in, like, a long time. And then to go to Charles Barkley as well. Yeah, well, I mean, shit. Oh. I'd have a chance against Charles Barkley. No, right you now. wouldn't. Right now? Zero. Who, where the fuck is he moving? He's he's going to move your ass with his big Hold ass you right think underneath you would the be, hoop. You think you would beat Charles Barkley? LeVar I think Ball's, that I'd have a chance. LeVar Ball's argument is that he's going to back everybody down because he's such a big... That's what he says when I've heard him say it. Yeah. He's well, that, not that backing was, down. That was literally Charles. the one comment where I was like, that's Oh, just that dude. one. That was. I don't one. really have a problem with any of his other comments. Okay, but the other one... So let me just dive into that just a little. Like, first of all, don't talk about other kids and their family. Like, it's just not, it's not right. And you want to talk about pressure on your own kids? You're doing this to I them right now. I don't think he's adding pressure. So I, I don't. I, I do because I, I, I... Okay, so you are the perfect person to ask yes, this to. Yes, So when people talk shit about your dad when right. you were coming up, right. did that impact you? No. I mean, it made me want to prove him wrong. But see, this is not people talking shit about his dad. This is his dad starting shit. Yeah, but here's what I'm saying. As a kid, and putting and he's the at microscope UCLA, on him more. He's at UCLA. A microscope, he's going to be in a microscope. He's probably going to be the first pick in the draft. Okay. I'm saying, though, is if someone goes, yo, that shit that your dad said, he's already built in an excuse for his sons to get rid of d- drama. That's my dad. He's an idiot. It's over. It's over. These kids don't have to deal with stress. That's where I think everyone's getting this wrong. Is they're like, wow, you're creating all this shit. No, he's built them the ultimate excuse. That's not me. That's my dad. What else do you got for oh, me? Well, I'm an NBA team. I'm going, damn, you're related to your dad. I don't want to draft if an you. NBA team doesn't draft somebody because of a fucking talking dad, guess what? Right. That's probably the reason they're drafting first in the draft. I don't know. I, I get it. Listen, I don't want LeVar Ball in the second row of my stadium telling my telling my first-round pick or my top-three pick what he should be doing on the court and talking, talking crap to LeBron as he's going down dunking on his team. Like, so Why can't the team just that's embrace fine. this? this fi- why, why do we – It's fine. That's another conversation. Well, this, is, this, this goes back to our, our celebration. But listen, let debates. me just say this, first of all. Yeah. With this whole thing with the I superstar like and the kids. I like You like Barry Sanders. Yes. I, in the whole superstar conversation, I think, first of all, with this. First of all, last time I checked, is Muhammad Ali famous? 
<laughs> the most. Oh, how did Layla Ali do? Did really well. Oh, okay. Bleh, eat that shit, LeVar Ball. How, Archie Manning is a Southern icon. Whether he wants paid Manning last time I checked, kind of was successful. Yeah. So there's two. Yeah. He's wrong. Shut yeah. up. No, I think you're right. He did name like three people. And he named. The, the, <laughs> I mean, that, that's where I want to go. Like he's named oh, uh, no huge icon. Yeah, five people in the history of the planet he's talking about didn't have kids that were went on to be successful athletes. But I, I do think, though, that there... But I understand his point. Yeah. His point is definitely valid. Yes, there's tremendous pressure. Man. I can talk about that. I yeah, mean, I mean... I embraced it, and I was lucky, but I also know Lawrence Taylor's kid who was like, I don't want anything to do with it. Really? I knew other kids that were like, man, this is just too much. I know everybody in the gym's looking at me right now, and I don't like... What I was made like, you, Yeah, what made you want to embrace it? I love sports, I think, for one, and I also kind of at one point just was like, damn, all these people want to watch me, then I'm going to score 30 tonight. I'm yeah. going to go out and show my ass. Do you think that there was a message that your dad would say to you when you were younger to give you that confidence? No, I think the... the like, thing- was he ever like, you're a Sims? You know what I mean? No, yeah, he really wasn't. I, I was more... I think more than anything, I realized from him just how much he loved the sport. So yeah. I, I was like, man, he just loves it. And then I always think I always took away from my dad was if you wanted to love it, I would always ask him about other successful players. And he was probably lying to me because I was a young kid and impressionable, but he always go, oh, they work really hard. That guy works really hard. He'd tell me everybody that. Well, your dad so was like, also... Michael Jordan, anybody, he'd always be like, oh, I've heard he works extremely hard. But I mean, the, the, the notion about your dad has always been tireless worker, great teammate, good communicator. Yep. Like, that shit can get passed along. No doubt. You're not passing along Jordan shit. Right. You're like... like no, you, no one can do what the act the way that Jordan acted, unless you were fucking Michael Jordan. No doubt, and like, that, that can't this get is passed the other, along. This is the other fra- phase of the conversation I think we're missing. First of all, too, like DNA. Like first of all, Michael Jordan is weird. Nobody in his family is over six foot, except he's six. Really? Six. Yeah, his brothers are five eleven. His dad's five ten. He's like a freak of nature in his old family. Yeah, and that's an outlier. And then it's we not also have to talk about who these icons in quotes are marrying. Listen, you marry a 5'4 Cuban girl, Yeah, I, chances are your kid's not going to be a power forward in the NBA. Yeah. I don't care a crap who you are. So what are you are. saying about Mrs. Sims? Well, uh, Mrs. Sims, uh, de- luckily Phil got her knocked up, and she had some good DNA packages, <laughs> and they got married seven months later. <laughs> What's, look, so I'm just going to be real. So like, I'm dating, right? Yeah. And there is, you? there is absolutely like a moment or two where I go. Yeah, it's natural, dude. Yeah. Well, I almost yeah, didn't marry course. my wife because she was Sicilian. I was like, I don't want my kid coming out of their her womb looking like Don Corleone. <laughs> Not sure if I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm white. I don't know if I want that. And but uh, yeah, at some point, love just overcomes those thoughts. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, those primal urges of creating super species. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think all the time. Uh, oh man. But you're right. He is right. But I also think he's wrong. I, I mean, I, you know, your point is. I mean, the point is. I think the, I get it. I but. think the reason that it, he upsets so many people is. We are used to people earning the right to comment on things. Yeah, that's right. And we look at him and we go, but you know what? He's raised three kids. They're all really good athletes. Yeah, they seem uh, like good kids. He, they seem like good kids. Yeah. Uh, and when I see interviews, I, I like that he goes, don't tell me how to fucking raise my kids. I'm gonna, I like someone that he's so honest with himself. Yeah. And I, I appreciate those people. Do I think that he should have this platform? I think we built this platform to him because we had this fascination of finding diamonds in the rough. And he's a diamond that was found and then went, I'm a motherfucking diamond. Yeah. And we went, oh, shit. He knows he's a diamond. <laughs> and that a, a lot of times it fades away. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's clean it up here, boys. No, Come we, on. We can't. We can't. Yeah, Digi-day. Digi-day. Everyone's in a festive mood Everyone's in a festive mood today. Uh, so talking about celebrations, before we get into scouting and the Chris Sims dive into the draft. We're going to uh, do receipts. Receivers. We'll do receivers yeah. and whatever hot takes, and I want to look at some other positional rankings that other people have because I think we're almost at a point to make fun of people. So the NFL apparently is doing educational training videos on celebrations, and uh, Sims and Lefko hero Martellus Bennett had some great tweets commenting on it. One, yeah, an educational training video on celebrations. Spend that money on something else like a video on investments. Couldn't agree more. You want to help your players, like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, let the players express their individuality and create creativity. Y'all going to make an educational video on how we should talk next? It's like the stupid HR video that they show you when you started a new company where it's like, don't curse at people in the kitchen. Yeah, I, 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 
all of it. I love all of it, except there has to be the video, first of all, because I don't want to see like the Antonio Brown pelvic thrust. I'm sorry. Some of the celebrations I don't want to see. So if they need to show some few of those. More, few more Bennett's because I right. agree with him here. See, the NFL promotes the logos, not the players. Right. The Definitely. NBA promotes its players. Big difference. Yeah. NFL knows players won't be around long, so they invest all their resources into team logos for longevity. Sure. That's the constant variable. Right. Except for the quarterback position. That's why they're the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also had one I can't I find. Mean, I would, it. And that's a valid the, the, la- the last but. one that I really liked was he said, um, "Oh, they're going to show that video. I'm going to make sure that I have to take a shit when that video is being played." <laughs> he probably will. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, um, I agree with everything he says. Yes, everything. Hey, listen, you, you can argue it all you want. Story I agree with came the out today that they might flag celebr- dancing, but they might not. Uh, fine people anymore. Okay. Which I'm totally fine totally with. Totally for it. Because the thing is, is the flag, I think, is is just as impactful. I agree. It's you more show impactful, it, you, really. Exactly. You show it in the team meeting. You got us kicking from the 20 instead of the 35. We lost the game because you did They kicked a this. field goal at right. the end because of this. No doubt. And then you guys, are, I think, are motivated more by... The, the the approval of your peers. The accountability in your team. That's yes. why I always look at, like, certain. I mean, it's funny, actually. I always think about that when you might evaluate these college kids. Like, certain college kids, I just go, oh, he's going to thrive in an NFL environment. Yeah, Evan Ingram might not be the perfect blocker at the Ole Miss tight end, but when he gets in there the first time and, like, misses, a, misses his, like, blitz assignment and Aaron Rodgers gets hits and mother Fs him, yeah. then his, his tune's going to change. He's going to go, damn. Okay, damn! I just Did got you just put Evan Ingram in a double tight end set with Martellus Bennett? Hey, you're right. I'm just That'd saying, but that, that's that's what happens in the NFL more times than not. When yeah. I when I don't overevaluate, like, oh, his will to tackle at the corner spot. Like, no, first of all, we don't. Nobody gives a crap about corners. You tackle, so don't like bump them up Steelers around. Steelers do right. So yeah. that always drives me crazy with that conversation. And also, it's just a different world in the NFL, anyways. When they start to realize that, like, damn, this is a business. Do you I can forget that at the end of the year you liked the dancing and your son liked the dancing? I did. I, did, I don't. So forget. now you're back to you don't like the twerking. I just don't want the twerking. I don't want some of it is inappropriate. Most of it, I'm all for. And some of it's annoying. Like I don't want to see a whole scripted Odell Beckham Jr. like <laughs> music video from Michael Jackson. You know what I? If he wants to do one move, that's cool. But when it goes for like seven or eight seconds and he's still like bobbing his hips and sliding yeah. down like okay that was enough you why do we not like team celebrations like this, i love team I celebrations love, and can i tell you why yeah. i love them because it's typically people that don't get airtime. right i think that defensive linemen offensive linemen should be allowed to celebrate and dance all they want it's the only chance they have of getting on television <laughs> i agree with you the reason that you don't like Odell and Antonio is they're already on TV all the time. Right. You don't but, need the extra attention. But let me tell you something. If Gerald McCoy gets a sack, let the fat man dance. Yeah. If an offensive if Joe Thomas recovers a touchdown, let the man dance. Sure. I want those guys to dance. I'm I'm all for that too. And those guys have a better time limit in their head. They don't go like for 10 second dances. They just do like one little jiggle and they go they flex their muscles to the fans. That's what like deal. I don't want to see like the chore- talking, talking to Ocho Cinco. When I got to interview him about how he would come up with his stuff right. and how he'd think about it all week and all that. And he goes, man, there were so many that I had that I didn't get to do. Um, and, of course, the one he regrets was the Hall of Fame jacket oh, and all yeah. that stuff. Right. But that was an era that, man, I miss. When it was every week. When Tio brought out the pen. Oh, man. When Joe Horn brought out the cell phone. Oh, man. It was great. I don't like those ones. I know you don't. All right. You're a, you're a wet noodle. You want to talk about the draft? Uh, let us go to the draft first. So you did wide receivers. Yes. Um, let's get into it. So Mike Mayock, the only reason I'm bringing him up is he just had his new position rankings come out. Uh, the last few years, I'm just going to put it out there because I'm tired of not talking about it. His rankings have been fucking weird. And I've definitely been inconsistent. I would say that too. I've, and what's, what's crazy is like, I like, to listen like to. seven, eight years ago, I was like, man, this guy's got it nailed right. down. Like forget Mel Kuyper. I like Mike Mayock. Um, Let's go over. I'm just going to do a few positions, and I'm curious your thoughts. His quarterbacks. We've already talked about it. Deshaun Kaiser, one. Watson, two. Trubisky, three. Mahomes, four. Webb, five. He really should, if he just knocked out one and put him down to, like, six, that would be fine with me. First of all, the kid from Pitt, Peterman, deserves to be in that conversation over Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser, listen, you know my evaluation on him, and the more of my friends I talk to, there ain't no way Kaiser's going in the first round. I have yes. not talked to anybody that watches Kaiser's film yet and goes, 
Oh, okay. Yep, I see it. Yeah. You know, there's an idea, and maybe if he could do some work, yes, maybe he could be something. There are some physical tools to work with there. Sure. But, you know, we're talking about a guy that had a hard time winning the starting job and then was benched a few times during this past year. And, I, you know, good quarterbacks usually are on good teams. Yeah. They win football games. And it's hard for me to defend him from that standpoint. Now, there's a few in history that are, are not always that way. Listen, Jake Cutler and Vanderbilt in the SEC. Okay, yeah, I get it. Phil Sims and Moorhead State. Yes. Yeah, they stunk. They weren't that good. So the quarterback can only overdo it. But this is Notre Dame. There's plenty of pros on the field. For them to have the record they had this year, it does speak a little bit about the quarterback and the play there. So that's crazy. Sorry. The reason that I, we are really talking about this is the safety position. Well, uh, the, finally, too, let me just rant about this. He finally put Leonard Fournette at one. I mean, I again, he, right. he did have. What, what, what do you. What, 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 tell he somebody. Had Christian McCaffrey at one, and now Leonard. No, excuse me. He had Dalvin uh, Cook, right? Cook at one, and now Cook is three, McCaffrey's what, two. And what did he watch? That's what I want to know. What did you watch in the last three weeks that told you to flip this around? Like, I, I, you could watch these guys right away, and you're going to come up with your ranking. And yeah, maybe it's like. Oh, McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. You know, I watch this. Sometimes he's two and he's three, and other times he's two and he's three. Yeah. But I don't think if I sat there and gave you my iPad with all this film, I think you would go at it and you go, holy shit, Leonard Fournette. Like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I don't need your iPad. Yeah, exactly right. Nobody does, except apparently Mike Mayock. I, I, I always wonder how much of these guys are told to be different. I I, wonder too. What's funny is, like, that's actually what I'm rooting for. Like, I'm rooting for a producer to be like, hey, Mike, like, I know that you're going to have to take some hits on your ego. Give us your hot takes. Yeah, but, like, we're, we're going to need you to flip for net so that we can hook it with, oh, you'd be surprised who's I, number listen, one at running backs. I, question like, I same hope. Too. I really hope. I, I honestly think that where because, you're going with the conversation with Jabril Peppers. So, safeties, he had Jabril Peppers at three. He's now one over Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker, who are, like, mortal locks for top ten picks. Yes. You said on Monday you don't think Jabril Peppers is a second-round pick. He's borderline second-round pick in my eyes. So yeah. how the hell is he seeing Peppers over Adams? I, I would really say, and I don't even I don't like saying this because I really do respect Mike in a lot of it. I, I, sometimes I go, is it the NFL.com or, like you're saying, the news organization itself saying to make it like this? Or is he talking to too many agents? Is he talking to too many scouts and letting it influence him? I think that's one of my things where I'm I... I'm going to tell you what. Everyone needs to stop talking to scouts. No doubt. Because when I hear you right. and I've talked to some of my friends that have been scouts, right. think about what you're getting from a scout. You're getting a low-level person at an NFL organization who has no say in any matters at all but has a whole of a lot of opinions and is upset that his opinions never get heard. Yeah. So what he does is he goes... This Jabril Peppers kid is good because he probably worked the Jabril Peppers region and he'd like his opinion to get taken no doubt so about he that. can go, I pushed that whole Jabril Peppers thing. No, there's no doubt. It's that definitely all goes bullshit. On. Yes, there's a lot of scouts I respect, so I just want to make that clarify. But course. yeah, you're exactly right. For the most part, there's But the ones that are that. trying to talk to the media? No doubt. Like, yeah. think about why, why would you contact the media other than to push your narrative? I know. Unless you got that loose of lips. I, I just uh, you got an ego. It's amazing, and I do think that's part of your Jabril Peppers conversation. First of all, yeah, it's just listen. Jabril Peppers is a media darling, right? He looks so cool in his uniform. He was the number one recruit in the country. I watched him play high school football. He was a lot of fun. His best position is running back or punt returner. That's what he does. He really, it, like I said to you on Monday, someone asked us on Facebook Live, could he be a Tyreek Hill? No, he's, he's not on the he's same not planet. Fat. He's not on the same planet. Exactly right. I mean, he's not on the same planet as some of the guys we're going to talk about in a minute on that side of the ball, like Wide John receivers. Ross yeah. and Curtis Samuels. He's not on the same planet. Jabril Peppers, like I told you, if you made me bet when I watched the film, Michigan is trying to hide him week to week. They are literally trying to put him and in this the most is physically demanding position. So yeah, we, 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 oh, yeah, If it's a third and four and they want somebody to play, cover the running back out of the backfield, they put Jabril Peppers at free safety because they know he can't cover the running back coming out of the backfield. If it's a slot receiver in third and 12, they're going to blitz him so he doesn't have to cover. He's constantly used as the guy that, like, okay, let's just get him out of the picture a little bit because I don't think he could physically do this job we're asking this guy to do right here. That would be my honest assessment. Uh, Hold on, did you text me that you thought six was better? I told you four and, or what is it, a nine? Are those guys on Michigan? Yes. Like, when they have big third downs, a lot of the times they let other linebackers cover running backs out of the backfield and not Jabril Peppers, who you would think would be 
perfect for that job. Right. When you're the number one recruit in the country and you can't be found a position, is it concerning? You know, and I know everybody wants to say, like, oh, well, can he be like a Dayon Buchanan or a Tyrone Math? Like, first of all, they had positions on a football field. So we started there and go, nope, you're that position. Yeah. But you're so talented, we think we can make you do this, this, and this. Yes. That conversation does start with Jabril Peppers. The conversation starts right away goes, I don't even know where I could put him on the field. Just so we got an enormous. And you've w- talked to people that agree with you. Yes, because I thought I was crazy when I got done watching the film. I was like, damn, I don't see. Maybe I watched the wrong game. I was, and right, and I watched Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan. So, like, their best. Or, well, not Michigan, uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Yes. Right. I wanted to watch, like, oh, these are going to be oh, big-ass right, yeah. NFL-looking type of players. And, yeah, I came away going, I don't see anything on this film that excites me at all. And I – and. I did. I started texting some of my friends, and my friends were they were the same way. Like, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't see it. Where do you put him? He's yeah. a media darling. All those things came back to me. He's going to be a guy that gets drafted in the second or third round. Maybe if he gets drafted in the first, whatever. There's no way. But if he gets drafted in the second or third round, that will be the team that gets the A-plus on everybody's report You got Jabril Peppers, pick 57. Uh, he has Reuben Foster ahead of Hassan Reddick at linebacker. I get that. I, get, okay. I love Hassan Reddick, but Reuben Foster's special, too. Hassan Reddick is, you know, you didn't get to see him play middle linebacker, right? You know, he played defense end, and he stood up and did other things. Like, Reuben Foster, you've seen so much. Legitimate. Yeah, like, oh, my gosh. Reuben Foster is a phenomenal. I mean, he's definitely a top 12, 15 pick for so sure. So, his top six wide receivers. Okay. Because he has two tied for five. Because much like Deshaun Kaiser, his other man crush is Cooper Cup, yeah. who anyone that attended the Senior Bowl will tell you, man, he was the best wide receiver at the Senior Bowl. He's also 20 fucking four years old mm-hmm. up against, like, seniors that are 22. 20. Some of them are. Oh, yeah, you're right. The senior bowl, they are yeah. like 22, right? So, like, he's older than everybody. That's, I'm sure he's going to be fine. But yeah. we talked about age bias and yeah. the Joey Dorsey rule. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you let me go back to play college football when I was 24, I, I definitely would have won the Heisman. Definitely would have beat Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> love, love, dude. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, whatever. He Sorry. can handle it. He's yeah, a grown man. Uh, tied for fifth, Cooper Cup and Juju Smith. Right. Number four, Zay Jones of East Carolina. Right. Who I have not watched. He's one of the guys I haven't watched. Okay. I'm sorry. So. That's fine. Yeah. Three, John Ross. Two, Mike Williams. One, Corey Davis. Right. Of those guys, so you've watched the other five? I've watched the other five and a few other ones as well. What would your top five be? My top five. Who's your number one? Mike Williams. So his number one's Corey Davis and yours is Mike Williams. Mine, yeah. Is it a big gap? Is your number two Corey Davis? No, I don't think my number two would be Corey Davis. Really, no, I don't. Who Corey would Davis, your number two I, be? Uh, hmm, that's the good question. That I, I don't know quite Who's yet. Who's in the battle for number two? Number two could be between John Ross. It could be between Curtis Samuels. Ooh. It could be between Juju Smith Schuster. Okay. I think really when I really dive into this class, it's going to be about the team and what they want. Okay, right? Let me just say that. Because so, the, so Mike Williams is the far and away. Do you think Mike Williams is a number one? I do. I think Mike. Let's Williams start is off with Mike one. Williams, sure. and then we'll get into like the the team by team breakdown of the other guys. So Mike Williams, wh- who is his, Who does he remind you of? Yeah. Uh, all right. I think he's like a maybe a better version of an Allen Robinson we've seen down. Right. That's he's, fucking right. Impressive. That's pretty good. Who was an early second round pick? I think yes. this guy is. Uh, a little better speed, a little more physical. I wrote like that. I think he's a better version of like Josh Dotson we saw last year mm. come out of TCU, right? Uh, he's I, 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 just right away. I wrote J- Allen Robinson, Josh Dotson type of prospect, a quicker Kelvin Benjamin, right? Uh, who was also a first wow. round pick out of Florida State? That's what I really think he is. Now, listen, is he a little raw? Certainly. We've talked about Deshaun Watson. That offense, it's not a whole lot. It's slants, it's goes, it's back shoulder. But fades. we've also seen receivers come out of Clemson and have success. No doubt about it. Exactly right. And yeah, people put too much into route running with receivers. Like, is he a freak athlete? Can he cut? Yeah. Like, we, then were, he can run we, the we were able to see DeAndre run. Hopkins. Oh, you lobbed it up and he got it? Okay. Right. Oh, I don't know if he can run the five-yard out route. He can run the 5-10-5 in world record times and the yeah. three-cone, but I didn't see him run the five-yard out route, so i got to decline his status there. Mm. Like, no, it, 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 some of this stuff is just too nitpicky. I wrote, love this kid. I'll just, I wrote, and just what I saw on TV during the year, kid is tough. I know that. Yeah, he is. Uh, I love that. He's got good quicks of the line of scrimmage. He's got good acceleration, not great acceleration. He's not the type that's going to scare people vertically game in and game out. Like He's not going to scare 
Janoris Jenkins running the nine, the deep nine route, yeah. right? But he's going to out physical him uh, a lot of times. How does he compare to an Alshon? He's, uh, I, you know, that's who I thought of, but Alshon's even a bigger person than him. Is and he Al- really? Yeah, Alshon's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, What's I, Williams? Uh, Williams is 6'4". He so he's a little taller than I thought, but he doesn't play quite as big as okay. that. Nor do I think his long speed is as good as Alshon was coming out of South Carolina. Um, but uh, I, 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 the one thing I really liked, right, good route runner. I was impressed with his ability to run routes. Um, you know, actually... Uh, can really stick his foot in the ground. I liked all those things. The ability to adjust to the football in the air is his number one trait. Mm. He is a phenomenal. It doesn't matter if he's covered, if it's a bad ball throw. Skills. He's got unbelievable ball skills. You saw some of the catches he made against Alabama unreal. in the national championship unreal. game. Right. They were unreal. And they really go all year long. Um, and the other thing I really liked about this kid, he runs through a lot of arm tackles, and he can make people miss in space. He really is great. The first guy rarely, rarely gets. He catches a slant. He does. And I saw him go against so many top-level guys, whether it be the Final Four game against Ohio State, which has three first-round picks in their True. secondary. True. And he was catching slants and almost breaking them up the middle for 80-yard touchdowns. Yeah. One, he kind of just tripped and fell. But he was physically every bit as much as they could handle any receiver they had to cover all year long from what I've seen in crossover the corners. Right, right, right. So he is legitimately uh, uh, just a legitimate first-round talent in my eyes from that point. He's fearless over the middle. Uh, he understands how to lean DBs in his route running. I always put a little stock into that. And he understands how to change speeds, right? And who's like that wide receiver coach at Clemson? I, I mean, who, whoever's recruiting him, they got it going right now. But, yes, I do like the kid, and I do think he is the best receiver. Uh, I wrote he reminds me of a slower Des Bryant at the end of the day. But What's I, the earliest you'd take him? Uh, I don't know if he's a top 20 pick. I would say Really? Yeah, I think he's probably somewhere 20 through 32. I don't know if any of these guys are. If the Eagles took him at 14. It wouldn't be crazy. I wouldn't okay. be mad. If you had the real need and you go, I need someone that can come in here right away, yeah. be an outside presence, yeah. and win one-on-one matchups covered or not covered, he'll be perfect for that. That's what he is. But, yeah, my, bat- my, my bottom line was, I, I said that, a slower, lesser version of a Des Bryant. Uh, hey, the Bama and Ohio State cornerbacks had their hands full with this guy in the Final Four. That was my last line I wrote. Yeah. Like, so they could say what they want about this kid, but we're talking about guys that are in the top 20 who he got open against regularly in two consecutive games. So he's my number one receiver. Sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was just making fun of Sims. for Oh, uh, the spider, spider hand? Yeah. Spider hand. That was too long. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. That was fine. So then the guy that I want to talk about is Corey Davis from Western Michigan. Yes. So he's not – is he battling for two or is he number three? So Corey Davis, to me, like this, he'd be – he's not a first-round talent. If he wow. was a first-round talent, he wouldn't have been in school for four years at the wide receiver position. Let's just start the conversation there, right? If you're a receiver and you're physically freaky, you don't last four years in college football, hmm. right? Trying to think. Yeah, it's almost has. it's almost non-existent. It's non-existent. Like who who who? I mean, you can't even think. We can't even think of receivers who have a four-year starter and wide receiver. No, you were there for four years because you're not that physically gifted. You're a good football player. Yeah, he would scare me from the standpoint if you want him to be your guy, guy. If you're the Eagles at fourteen and you take Corey Davis, then you're stupid. Mm. That's what I would say. Corey Davis is a system guy. If you have a legitimate good receiving group already, if you got like one or two guys already and you go, you know what, this guy can get in right away and be our third slash second receiver and he's well-schooled and he run routes and he's been in a good offense, then Corey Davis is your guy. Do you think that's any reason why he's not, I mean, in addition to I think the injury combine, pro day, all that stuff, he's not doing it? Yeah, that, well, I would I would think it's going to be underwhelming. First of all, that would be where I would start with the conversation because uh, some of the things I wrote. Okay, right. I'll, I'll just I'm going to read you word for word. Uh, has a good look, not the presence yeah, of Mike. He had, he had ankle surgery. That's why he didn't perform at the combine. Okay, so has a good look, not the presence of Mike Williams. Looking like he looks like a Cordaro Patterson, Donald Driver type of receiver in his uniform, but. Uh, he, he's a really polished route runner. He does it all. He's got great so- slot value. Their offense is one of the best offenses you'll see in college football. Mm. So he's been given an advantage right off the bat to be successful because they do things that he got to run routes that, quite honestly, Mike Williams doesn't even know exist yet. 
He doesn't really? even know. They just told Mike, like, hey, you go outside, and when you're one-on-one, the, the Sean's going to throw it to you, okay? You yeah. just catch that mother effer, okay? Yeah. This kid was, like, being taught to read coverages, being taught how to run slot routes. So totally, he'll be more impactful maybe his first year. If he's in a pro, really good offense. But if you're asking him to come in and be your superstar and we're going to base your offense around him, he'll never get open. There's no way. He's not going to win consistently one-on-one outside. And the thing that concerned me is games like Northwestern and Wisconsin when he played legitimate Division One football teams. He had a hard he all his catches came from the slot. They were system type plays. Mm. So he's very well polished. He does a lot of good things, but I don't think there's anything physically and for special you, about a him. First round receiver needs to be a game changer. Yes, and yes. Let's it go does. to then John Sorry. Ross. You're literally stop fucking. All right. I just know I'm talking No, you're a lot. excited. I like it. This is good. I like uh, the passion. John Ross is someone that does have a elite level trait. Yes. I need to know what is he? How good can he be? And how afraid of you are the fact that he's been injured like all the time? Very scary in that standpoint, yes. Yeah. For a guy like this where his whole life is predicated on speed, his speed is phenomenal. I mean, what you would expect. It's not 4-2-2 on the field. Really? No, it's not 4-2-2. I'm not going like, wow, that's definite. Like, if I watched the film and didn't know the time, I yeah, would have Yeah, like Tyree Kill, you go, holy crap. Right. Odell that Beckham guy. Jr., I watched him, yeah. and I was disappointed with his time. I was like, 4-4, four, four, what? He like yeah. runs like 4-2 every time on the field. It looks like this is a guy that, if you made me guess before all that, I probably said he looks more like a 4-3, which is really still really uh, unbelievably yeah. fast. He's plays very small. He's not a great route runner. He's not going to catch 50-50 balls. He's really, at the end of the day, if I was going to make a long story short, I think he's like a Mike Wallace. He is like a Philip Dorsett mm. that we saw out of Miami, sure. right? So he's certainly got value in taking the top off the defense. If you want to give him reverses, if he catches a screen and he has an alley, he is going to go. I mean, he can turn. His acceleration yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. He can make people miss. He's better with the ball in his hands. Then he is he's better, quicker, more succinct with his cuts with the ball in his hands than he is actually as a route runner. He's an underwhelming route runner. Um, my big thing with this, and I'm just going to go there to just to jump the sto- jumpstart the story. Um, he's not like a Brandon Cooks or an OBJ. They were like guys that I said, yeah, they're really fast, but they're also like receivers. Like they could do everything on the field. They got good hips. Yeah. They got good like fluidity in their movements. This guy's a little more straight liner track guy. Like mm. he's going to have to take extra steps to break out, right? He kind of needs his hips and his body to turn the way he's turning. Gotcha. So he gives it away from that standpoint. Uh, my big thing is, and I, I, will, I, I wrote this as my last line because I'm going to go into this guy next, is – I will just say this. If you like him, why wouldn't you want Curtis Samuels? Who so is let's talk about Curtis. Who is this, stronger. Is, this is quickly becoming your guy. Curtis Samuels, to me, when I watch the film, is one of the most phenomenal athletes in the draft. And he is the, he is the Tyree Kill, Odell Beckham Jr.-ish guy I see in this. Mm. He is a guy that, first of all, I didn't realize how much running back he played early on in the year. But as far as just film-watching physical specimen – he is one of the. He's the most gifted guy I've seen at the receiver position yet. Wow! Now he's a little bit of a hybrid. He's like a Christian McCaffrey. I think you have to put him into that like thing where it's Christian McCaffrey maybe has more value as a running back slash slot receiver. This kid I think is a slot receiver slash running back, but his speed is absolutely. He is a guy that I would have said he looks like he ran the four two two. And he's a four three. He's one a four guy. three one, and he flies. Yeah. And he plays every bit as fast as it. I mean, he just ran it like right after John Ross did, so nobody was talking. You're about right. It. He got he got unlucky from yeah. where he was lining up in, in that race, regardless. But uh, I'm I'm imp- he's tough. He has value as a runner. You don't want to make him your bell cow, but he's a good route runner. And when the ball's in his hand, man. You know, listen, I just, I've been watching a lot of film. I haven't seen as a lot of guys turn the corner on Clemson and Michigan yeah. and the Oklahomas of the world where they just make everybody else look like they're kind of moving at a different speed. I Man. was really impressed with Curtis Samuels. I want to get to his. I uh, like that you've become a, that's going to be your guy. He is. He everybody is, has a guy in the draft. Your guy is Curtis Samuels. Well, I just, I, I just go, if that guy, like, I'm sick of hearing, like, this guy, like, is, like, they don't have a position. No, they right, have like a definitive. Mayock listed him under the special exceptions right. with Adoree Jackson, Sidney Jones, and Joe Mixon. He's Tyree Kill. He's Percy Harvin, except he's longer is what I wrote. I wrote, this kid is special. His play, his play speed is ridiculous uh, and has more toughness than I expected, especially at running back. Um, really a prospect along the lines of Christian McCaffrey, not as good as natural running back or wide receiver. He needs to move. To, 
Uh, need to see more wide receiver, I wrote. But yeah. his speed is special. He is a slasher. I wrote he's a little tight in his route running, but still a good route runner. And ability to accelerate, all that thing. He's the fastest guy in the field every game I've watched. I just want to see really quick because we have to kind of get through him. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just go to the next guy. Juju Smith-Schuster, you want me to talk about him? Just, I just want you to tell me what range you see him, who he reminds you of, and then overall. Okay, the guy that I think if you flip through a little more that I was really impressed with that I think yeah, is not being a Darius Stewart. The kid from Alabama, 13. Okay. I don't know why people aren't talking about a Darius Stewart. If you okay. want to, it's going to be back towards here. Okay, okay, Let's okay. just flip to it. Josh can cut out the dead moments. He There's will Charles not. Hager, John Ross. <laughs> there he is. There he is. So, so this is the guy you really want to talk about. Adarius Stewart, I think, is a guy that's not being talked about enough in the top group of wide receivers. There's some interesting guys. Him, the D.D. Westbrook kid from Oklahoma is interesting. But Adarius Stewart, again, falls along those lines of uh, – kind of this guy that's like a hybrid receiver slash you can give him the ball as a running back a few times a game. I mean, that's what he did last year because they couldn't throw the ball that great. Yeah. He was uh, a lot better on film than I wrote. I'm going to go through it really quick. I know this is becoming the longest podcast ever, but uh, I can't get over that he's 5'11". Always thought he was bigger. Uh, he, on film, he looks bigger, plays bigger, got long legs, square shoulders, plays the position with very good physicality, makes people miss, blocks, runs through arm tackles, delivers blows with the ball in his hand. DBs were scared to tackle him. He ran at them like a running back. Like he mm. wanted, oh, you want to go on the sideline with me? I'm not running out of bounds. I, I, the, those are the kind of guys I want. No doubt. He's yeah. the, those are the guys that we always undervalue in the draft, and then we get in the first year of the NFL, and we go, oh, he's a star. He like, can do yeah. everything. We saw him doing it in the SEC for four year, three years. What, what was taking so long? But uh, I wrote he is the kind of kid along the lines of Jarvis Landry. I was going to say, when you said thought he was bigger than 5'11", that's exactly how I thought about Jarvis. He's Jarvis Lange, but I, pro- I wrote probably a little less twitchy, but he's faster, and he plays faster than his 4.49 speed. Mm. And Darius Stewart, listen, it's the SEC. The whole draft is filled with SEC defensive players, and I could see a Dar- Darius Stewart breaks way too many big plays in the SEC for me to go, oh, he's not a legitimate home run threat. He- he's legit. He's got good quicks in the line of scrimmage. Co- cornerbacks don't even b- uh, bother him. Got good, strong hands. Man, his ball carrying is out of this world. He's got outside and slot value as a wide receiver. He runs away from USC kids, SEC kids. Yeah, he's ugly in his uniform. Will it hurt him? I really do wonder. He looks ugly in his uniform. What does that mean? He wears his socks like halfway up. He wears like the long sleeve. He's wearing 13. He doesn't have like the most beautiful body in this. He doesn't really have an ass. He's got no ass. It's so that, rare for Sims to like a non-ass. It is. Uh, but, yes, I, I was very impressed with this kid overall. I like that you have two guys, Curtis Samuel, Adarius Stewart. And we'll talk more. Ask questions about it. Chris Co- the Cooper Cup uh, yeah. kid. He's Chris Hogan. That's all he is. And that's still good. It's very good. Right. Is he top 20, top 32, first-round pick? No. Sorry, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Chris, you know, Chris Hogan should have been in the NFL draft. It should have been drafted. They were, there were people that were idiots as going back to college yeah. scouting. But regardless, that's what this kid is. Um, and the Day-Day Westbrook's another guy that's really impressive, the Oklahoma kid. He's really skinny, can really fly. He's like a Deshaun Jackson. And another guy, I just go... Wow, I haven't even really heard much about this kid. Yeah. But every tape I turn on, he's running by Texas. He's running by West Virginia. He's running by Auburn. When I watched the three games, those are the three games I wanted to watch. And he's just flying. He can fly. He's, he's Sims, impressive. I appreciate your effort. Hey, thanks. And you know what? I hope it gets appreciated tonight at the Digiday Awards. Damn, we got to go. Let's go. I know. Peace out. See you later. Peace out. Sims. Sorry, that was so long. No, it was great for Fendrick. Good night, everybody. Hey, we'll see you next time when the Stevens in the Cooper case. Peace out, homies.